Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Why, hello. Welcome to episode 148 of Martha Runs the World. I have a great guest today. Louise Valentine is joining me in a minute or two. She's a terrific guest, and I'll give her introduction in a second. I hope you're doing well. Everything is splendid here. I'm walking pretty well. I'm getting at least a mile, mile and a half every day. I'm going to go out for three miles tomorrow on my first 5K walk. Since I my surgery, so I'll tell you how that went next week. I'll tell you all about that. And things are going pretty well. I'm not 100% pain-free, but it's better. It's better and better every day. I'm working with my physical therapist, and we're making excellent progress. So I am very, very happy. Very, very good. Now, my guest today. Louise Valentine is a physiologist. She has a lot of credentials. She works very, very hard. She is an Army spouse. I'm very proud of that. She wants to help you succeed in running, in your health. She has a great, great program called Badass Breakthrough Academy. So without further ado, here is Louise Valentine. Will you welcome to the program Louise Valentine? She's a physiologist, multi-credentialed coach. She's also an Army spouse who wants to help you succeed. Hi, Louise. How are you? Doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. I really enjoyed everything that you have to offer and we'll talk about that. But let me start at the beginning. When did you start running or when did you start valuing fitness? Oh, goodness. So, you know, I always I always share that I was so far from high performing um, as a, a young athlete. I got cut from the volleyball team and cross country was the only sport that didn't cut. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to (laughs) run. And I was not um, in physical nor mental shape to take on running at that point in life. I struggled with chronic illness and uh, my doctors told me I was, you know, just not built to be a runner. And I also had performance crushing anxiety so I showed up last to cross the finish line as, as a young athlete, but this did motivate me early on in my career to start, you know, exploring human physiology and how to get our body to work with us and not against us. And so I started deep diving into health and fitness and becoming passionate about it from a very young age. Wow, that is terrific. That might have crushed a lot of young people, but you must have been very curious about things then at early. Yes, definitely. I remember, you know, hopping on the treadmill in sixth grade and being like, all right, I'm going to eat a lean cuisine and get healthy. (laughs) And that's, of course, not the way to get healthy. But back then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And so I did, you know, I started getting credentials and multiple degrees early on. But, you know, as a byproduct of that motivation and determination, I have, you know, now here later in life, become a much better runner. 
Um, I've had many opportunities in my career. So I'm grateful for the struggle because it it showed me the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. And when did you start? Uh, when did you, you said that you started your own fitness program or your um, your own fitness business. When did you decide to do that? So I actually um, started working in fitness and health coaching, um, honestly, in eighth grade. <laughs> I was working um, for a company called Curves for Women. And so I actually started way back then. Um, but, you know, throughout high school and getting personal training certifications, and I got a degree in massage therapy, um, studying physiology in college, I was actually able to start working for the NFL um, before I finished my undergrad degree. So that was the beginning of my health and performance business back um, about 18 years now that I started um sort of an entrepreneurial journey as a health and performance specialist, if you will. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, you now, what I was looking at is that the, um, your badass breakthrough Academy. So what does that name mean? Yeah. So, you know, mm. after working in various, um, I should, I should share that I'm a military spouse. So right, we right. have relocated we'll, nine times. We'll talk alone. about that in a minute. I was going to ask yeah. you about that, but but <laughs> but first, let let's talk about the the academy first, and we'll, we'll go into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with these various positions that I've held mm-hmm. in the wellness industry, mm-hmm. I have learned uh, different strategies how to make health and performance um, efficient, how mm-hmm. to maximize our time, energy, and results. So I stepped away from my career in corporate uh, wellness mm-hmm. um, about, I believe, like eight months ago now, and I started Badass Breakthrough Academy, and it was inspired by the fact that I had had personal breakdowns in my own health, um, getting two health diagnoses, but after all of these years of learning these strategies, knowing how to put them together, I was able to reverse the diagnoses that doctors told me there was nothing I could do about and maximize my performance as a competitive runner throughout the process. So I'm like, I have got to share this, this approach to maximizing our mind body performance with others. So I went back to running my own company full-time with badass breakthrough Academy. So it is a group coaching uh, program that is a hybrid with a full online course. It's very frustrating when you go to two doctors. I've had personal experience with this. When you don't get the answers you, you think you need, well, you need to help you. And they keep telling you that there's either nothing they can do or, you know, you're doing it wrong or, or you just have to deal with it. It's just extremely frustrating when you're not finding the right answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And. You know, basically, I want to save others the time, energy, and money that it took me to figure it all out. So that is my mission and making these personal breakdowns, badass breakthroughs. So whether you're looking to go from good to great as an endurance athlete or you're burnt out and you want to go to badass, we're going to take these moments in life and we're going to turn them around in a very streamlined science-based approach driving high-performance efficiencies. So believing that everyone has the capability to be a high performer. 
That's really sounds good. Uh, a lot of people want to do it, but they don't know how. So they follow someone else and what someone else does may not be right for them. They need something a little bit more personalized, but they just don't know how to put it together. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, I, I hear so much that finding ways to maximize our performance, to be healthy, to optimize well-being is a journey. And I don't believe that that journey has to be complicated. We do overcomplicate it and there's so much, you know, poor information out there. So if I can help others take a step back, simplify their approach, learn, you know, find, own and optimize those strategies that work best for them and their specific goals, you know, that's where the magic happens. That's where we can live this vibrant, healthy and badass life. Yes, exactly. So so what does training smarter mean to you? Training smarter? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you know, looking at, um, I, you know, I call it a strategic hustle. So we want to look at how do we do the minimum amount of effort to achieve maximum results. So that's looking at, you know, the training plan. That's looking at our approach to nutrition, all of the different things that we're adding in to gain a cutting edge, but really taking a look at it and being strategic. It's okay to hustle and to want to be a high performer, but we want to do it strategically to optimize our time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to waste time on things that aren't going to help you in your process. Yeah. You know, and I guess a specific example with that is, you know, we, especially as runners, we love to follow our training plan but there's so many signs and symptoms from our body that let us know that attention is needed. So for example, the other day I had a 5k and I was, it was one of my a races and I had been training and I was so excited for the race. And on Tuesday, my toe started acting up after a a workout. And had I just continued to train to follow my training plan as I had written it, Mm -hmm and not address the fact that my toe was on fire, Mm. I could have just continued to push through and obtain an injury that would result in me not being able to perform on Saturday for the race that by the way, I'd been training months for. So by training smarter, you take a step back and you say, okay, looking at the rest of the week, are there any ways that I can modify my training plan to Respect the fact that my body is saying something isn't right. So doing some soft tissue work, very simple, right? Just do a couple of things to address the muscle that may be causing this pain and modifying your training plan based on the fact that there is a red flag symptom. We want to take proactive and preventive steps so that we can optimize those most important things, which it's race day, right? <laughs> right, right. A, a lot of times, especially people who aren't used to newer runners or, or people who aren't used to it, need to really pay attention to what their body is telling them. And so that takes training. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, when I have individuals in my academy, I want to work with them one time, but I want to teach them how to be their own expert. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, that's where the fact that I have these multiple credentials and experience can come in and really empowering them to be intuitive to their body specific needs. Cause that's where the magic happens, right? No coach, even the best coach in the world, isn't going to know what's happening inside your body to adapt and flex your plan accordingly. It's true. It's true. And, and you have to, and, and a plan, a training plan has to be adaptable. If you are not feeling well a a day, you have to be able to say, well, this day I have six miles or eight miles. Maybe I'm only going to do three or four miles because I'm not feeling the greatest and then switch it around with another day where you do your long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that what you're speaking to is, is so important. You know, these, Look to our A workouts. What are the, you know, the tempo run? We need to perform there and we want to perform. So if we're burned out early in the week from, you know, we had a big work project, we lost some hours of sleep. You know what? Mm -hmm. That easy run that we have scheduled for Monday, let's take a step back. Let's honor the fact our body needs sleep and maybe use some high performance strategies that can help our body catch up and kind of honor the stress that it's in. So that when you hit that tempo run on Thursday, you knock it out of the park. Like there's no question because you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Rest is so important. People don't, don't understand how important rest is. Rest is just as important as your workouts. If you don't get that rest, you're not going to be able to perform. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, do you still run races then? I do. I do. I'm actually, um, I, I keep, uh, progressing as a runner. So, um, once I took back, I got diagnosed with, uh, osteoporosis at age 33. Mm-hmm. So I did take time off from running. Um, but I did slowly come back and now here I am four years later, successfully reversing the disease in addition to running at my best. So I have a marathon coming up here, in uh, just a couple of weeks and I'm hoping to PR and run between a 310 and a 315. So oh, good for you. Which one are you doing? Um, it's in, it's Rehoboth beach. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Delaware, Delaware. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so you're in a taper mode right now then. Um, so it's actually the first weekend of December. So I, uh, actually okay. I'm in like my peak week. Right oh, now. <laughs> you are. Oh, you got your long run coming up then. Okay. Okay. Great. Yes. Good. Yes. Good. Well, good. I know you're going to rock it then. It's going to be a great one. And this will be nice chilly weather then, which is, which I like for running. So that, that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. It'll be really fun. Yeah. It will be fun. So what is your favorite distance to run? Oh, that's a good question. So I, I do love the half marathon and it's, it's very special to me because, um, I got this crazy idea when I was pregnant, um, with my kiddos, both of them, that I was going to run a marathon, at least one marathon per week of pregnancy or I'm sorry, half marathon. So, um, I have run 73 half marathons while pregnant and, it's just special to me because I don't typically race it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know like a good PR for, for a half because I haven't raced one in a long time, but just, you know, um, logging all those miles with my, with my little running buddies in my belly. It's just a very special distance for me. <laughs> so how many, so how many halves did you wind, wind up doing? I did um, 73. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes. Yes. So that was, those were while pregnant. Um, and of course, wow, that's amazing. 
Yeah. The one disclaimer I have is that I was training for marathons, Mm -hmm. you know, around both of my pregnancies. So being a physiologist, I was able to um, work with my physicians to ensure that it was safe. Mm -hmm. Um, I also ran very slow. And so, you know, I was not racing right uh, half marathons i right. was just logging the miles <laughs> right well you know the, the the they say i've been doing a lot of because i had just had surgery so i had a lot of a lot of downtime i've been doing a lot of research and reading in demaphetone method who says that the your most of your training should be done slower so it's okay it's all right you know you do training and you're slower get your heart heart rate down and it's it's okay it's healthy for you yeah, definitely. And, and the purpose for the training was just to maintain that baseline mm-hmm. fitness, which mm-hmm. is ideal, you know, for yeah. that lower heart rate. Yeah. Getting out there and moving. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, see, that's amazing. 73. I, that's, that's spectacular. Very good. What is your favorite race memory? We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Oh, favorite race memory. Um, so I had never pushed pace previously before I had kids, um, in distance. So Mm -hmm. I ran cross country and in high school, um, I ran some marathons for charity prior to having kids. And then after I had my son, my first child, my husband asked, why don't you ever run fast? And I said, I, I just like going out there and looking at the scenery. I don't, I don't need to run fast. This is just my passion. And he was like, why don't you try to qualify for the Boston Marathon and call it Boston after baby? And I was like, hmm, I did just run. Uh, I don't know how many for with my son. Um, I think it was like 32, 34 half marathons while pregnant. He's like, you got the base. Why not go for it? I'm like, well, that sounds kind of fun. Um, so my favorite, uh, memory would be crossing the finish line at the Shamrock Marathon in Virginia beach, uh, and qualifying for the Boston marathon after having my first baby. (laughs) Well, that's neat. That is what congratulations. That's very good. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. That's fun. That's really, really good. You reached a goal. Very good. Absolutely. And you know, what's so funny about that is the, the race day conditions were atrocious. Like you looked out our hotel window and the waves were like up to the balcony of the hotel. Oh and gosh. The wind was just, <laughs> Oh, it was like half the people didn't run the race. It, <laughs> like if I could do it, then I can do anything. I always go back to that race in my head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those, those horrible race days. And, and I, you know, sometimes you, you just think back at those horrible race days and you, you think more fondly of them. I mean, you, you don't remember, you don't quite remember how bad they were. You know, you do a little bit, but you don't quite keep how horrible it was. You just remember how great it was that you finished, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about, now your husband is in the military 
And I want to say thank you so much for his service and his dedication and his sacrifice and your whole family's sacrifice and dedication. I want to thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I, I know it, it's a different experience. You've, you, you moved a lot with that. Um, so you said nine times, right? Nine times in yeah. 11 years. Yeah. 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 It's, it's difficult. How do you maintain stability within the family doing that? Oh, you know, we, we tend to keep it simple as a family. You know, my husband's an ultra runner. So I know for him, as long as he gets out on the trails, as long as he can go out and do crazy things like run up and down the Grand Canyon every once in a while, <laughs> he's going to be okay. Right. So we know what works for him mm-hmm. to, to find joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we come together as a family. Um, and just, we, we keep it simple. You know, we're, we're active outside hiking. Um, I did, you know, coach my son's cross country this, this season. So we did take on some sports as a family, but we, we really tend to root ourselves in simplicity in many aspects of life. And I think that's, that's what keeps us, um, together as well as sane. <laughs> that's great. And you're passing along the, the, the family traditions. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, um, I know that there's one, I love your blogs too. They're really, they're, they, I read many of them. They were enjoyable to read. And I love the one where you talked about the different experiences that you and your husband have. And, and, um, you know, I understand everyone has differences and differences of opinion, um, that, you know, his, his, his experiences are, are very different than yours. And, you know, we all go through differences, right? And, um, I know that, that everyone has different levels of, of pain that they can manage and, and understand. I think because I've been an ultra runner, I think that helped and, and have experienced a lot of pain. I think that helped me deal with the pain of my surgery more than it would somebody else. I, I just had a hip replaced. So, um, I'm getting back into it. I went out walking yesterday and I took my cane, but I don't think I needed my cane for the first time. I actually walked two miles where I didn't need it. So it like, okay, that felt pretty good. So hey. yeah, I know in two That's months, awesome. I'm gonna, in two months, I'm going to be running again and I'm going to go get back in uh, next year. I'm going to get back into ultra running. But the thing is that a lot of people don't have the, the, the same experience that I have. So they probably couldn't handle the pain that I can. That's the, that's my point is that everyone has different experiences. I think that, that your, your little blog piece just pointed out that everyone, everyone's experience is different. And that's why your, your coaching program is great because it really helps people who maybe don't have that and maybe need a little bit more guidance to help them find their way in running. Absolutely. Because it is both a mind and body approach. Yes. And so, you know, one of the common mistakes I see with athletes across all sports, you know, both working in the NFL, working now with uh, different types of endurance athletes, even, um, you know, different jujitsu fighters and those who are pushing their body to the limits, um, you know, having quick, efficient, high performance mindset strategies is, is such a game changer. So that's where um, I wrote my book, The Art of Breaking Through, with hmm. five simple steps to break through any challenge. And I've cut that framework down even more so in my high performance academy because, you know, if if you were for talking about the body, if we're talking about pushing it to the limits, what is the most simple, efficient, and effective way 
that we can also address mindset. Because as you just shared, it it makes all the difference a it lot does. of times in, it, in being able to finish and mm-hmm. that DNF or finish. Exactly, exactly. And we'll have links to to your book and your website and everything on, on my website when the um when this episode is released. We'll have everything there. Um yeah, it well running is is as much mental as it is physical. Yes, you have to be fit for it, but you also have to have the the mental fortitude and ability to finish a race. Absolutely. And there's some there's some pretty s- simple ways to drive you know, to pull out your inner greatness, to pull out that inner badass. Um, you know, I, like I said, I had performance crushing anxiety when I was younger and um, I struggled a lot with stress. And I think that's part of the reason why I had some of the health diagnoses that I did early on. So through these struggles, finding the most simple ways to really just believe in ourselves, the fact that we are strong, our body is capable and we know how. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether it's a a half marathon or marathon or a hundred miler, you have to, you can get through most of it, but what happens in those last few miles, you might want to give up, but you, but you still have to pull through those last few miles. I mean, you're at mile, you know, 22 of a marathon. That's the hardest part. You ha- you still have four miles to go. You got to pull it through to get you through the rest of the race, and that may be the toughest thing to do. And not only your body is killing you, but your mind wants you to stop, but you can't. Absolutely, and you know it's those hard moments that mm-hmm. are the game changers. So that is where I actually work with individuals to optimize mind body performance. We talk about what we do and what we say to ourselves when it gets hard matters, yeah. but we're going to be prepared for it. So before you go into your marathon, you're going to know what you're going to do if you hit the wall, both physically and mentally, right? You want to have that game plan ready to go. That is a huge, you know, that was one piece of advice I could give to any runners is have your mindset strategies ready to go. Have your, you know, I'm breaking down both physically and mentally game plan ready to go. <laughs> that is really good. You have to have that. I mean, it's good in, in a longer race, like marathons or, or ultras, you have to have like game B, game C, ding, game D, game E. You know, yeah. you you all this stuff ready because, on the fly. because yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because things are going to go wrong. They just are. <laughs> you know, yep. you My husband and I did uh, this challenge. It's called the four state challenge. And mm. it's like 43 miles of the Appalachian trail. And I thought I was so prepared to do this, you know, fastest time ever. One of those crazy things where you're just out there <laughs> and it was mile 12. And I, I turned to my husband and I said, oh, the, my return to the trails is going so well. I, I'm really killing it. And before I could even finish killing it, I went leaping into the air and crashed my knee oh, into no. a rock. Ouch. So I was like, we know, what are you going to do in the middle of the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your all the plans go out the window. <laughs> uh huh. They do. They do. Were you okay or not? Um, no, I'd had months off of training after oh, that. Um, no. It was it was oh. quite the little. I you know oh. I guess I because I have um, compromised bone health. I was mm. um, extra safe. I yeah. enrolled in physical therapy. Got extra checked out um, and hobbled my way you know, tomorrow, I think 22, or we mm. could actually get an Uber kind of thing. Oh, we all have those stories, I guess. We do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. I remember. Yes. I crashed once, once in training 
and I had to, I had to walk and I crashed and I hit my head. Thank gosh it was, I didn't get concussed, but I hit my head on, on the ground and, and I had to walk another six miles to the bus stop. Oh goodness. <laughs> I, I don't own a car. So it's like I had to, so I took the bus up, but then it like took another six miles to walk and I must have looked awful getting on the bus. <laughs> Yeah, fun. no one will ever understand unless they're <laughs> no, 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 they won't. But but you know, these are the stories that we tell afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, battle yeah. stories. So now with your um with your coach training, what what is the typical client who who contacts you? What do they want the most work on? So honestly, it's those who are serious about health and performance goals. And we're looking at optimizing. Most of them are really interested in the strategies. So there is an entire library of strategies and we have a very specific framework that we use. We're going to shift the physiology of the mind and body and superpower it at a very strategic time, which is when it gets hard. So it's learning how to respond, flex and adapt to um, red flag symptoms or what do we do? You know, when we have a rough workout, what do we do when life stress is just high at work and we're tired? How can we continue to optimize performance very consistently? So it's a, it's an upstream approach, you know, not waiting until we already have the injury, the repetitive injury, and we have to search for solutions. We're going to nip it in the butt uh, before it happens. And so they're very interested in the strategies, which are science-based and very straightforward. Um, so we look at, we look at everything. We look at, like you discussed, like the high performance mindset. We look at, um, sleep strategies. We look at flexing and adapting your training plan. So most have specific goals that they're working towards. Um, you know, like people reason most recently, some of my athletes ran Chicago marathon. Um, I have one athlete who's a uh, female ultra runner and she's quite, uh, talented. So she is is taking on marathons and trying to balance both, you know, some health challenges in addition to, to our hundred mile races. So, um, those, those athletes and runners who, who have their next level defined. So both recreational, as well as those who are pushing, uh, the limits of their performance to, you know, to, to place in the top. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. exciting. Yes, yeah, it's very cool. What's the first question you ask them? Um, what is your number one health or performance goal? Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. are you, and what are you doing to work towards it right now? Mm-hmm. That's and important. then I want to mm-hmm. know the bottlenecks, you know, mm-hmm. where's the struggle? Because that's where I can really aim to support and, and to strategize. That's really good. That is very, very good. Cause then you can just hone into what exactly what the problem is and, and fix it right away. Yeah. And we want to look at, Again, that strategic hustle. So what are we doing now? Um, how do we define that next level? Mm-hmm. You know, once we achieve that goal, what does it mean to us? Why, why are we doing it? But all of the things that you're doing to get you there and where can we trim the fat? Are there things that maybe no longer serve us? Like we've been eating the same race day breakfast for the past seven years. It might yeah. be time to switch it up. You know, we might yeah. be a little nutrition, <laughs> nutriently, um, to, depleted if we're, if we're eating the same foods all the time, you know, what are we dependent on that maybe isn't serving us anymore? There's some things to explore. Yes. 
Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That is, that sounds really terrific. I mean, just, just that you, that you don't waste the time dealing with stuff that doesn't matter. You go right, right into the problem and, and deal with it straight on that. That's the important part. Yeah, absolutely. And that's honestly all week one. Mm-hmm. I, wow. I am super straightforward. I um, have it all pretty streamlined mm-hmm. and, and we're going to review your game plan right away because it's those high performance efficiencies and strategies that we want to learn and insert mm-hmm. into your game plan. So let's ensure the game plan you're using first and foremost is good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is very terrific. Well, I want to thank you. Oh, I have one other question. One sure. last question. I always ask my runners, if you could do any race anywhere in the world, regardless of qualification, money, travel, wherever, what race would you like to do? Oh, you know, I, my husband and I were, were stationed in Monterey, California, mm-hmm. the Big Sur Marathon, mm-hmm. and I've run it twice. But my heart is so very much on that coastline, having run multiple miles with my kiddo in the stroller and another one in my belly. (laughs) I love that coastline. So the more I can get back to it, the better. And so I just running the Monterey Big Sur uh, Marathon again. Oh, uh, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's it. That's a tough one, though. It's not an easy one. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's um. It's it's a it's a fun one with wind and hills and <laughs> <laughs> lots of hills, lots and lots of hills. Yes, yes. Yeah, that that's that's a good one, definitely. Well, terrific, and you've already done it three times. Wow, uh, twice, 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 twice. Yeah. We'll do it the third time. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. And like I said, we'll have all your links on the website. That's Martha runs the world.com and we'll have everything there. So you can get in contact with Louise and she sounds like an amazing coach and yeah. And, and she, uh, we'll have a link to her book and everything. So we'll have everything there for you. And thank you very, very much for joining us and yes. don't, and don't um, hang up. I'll talk to you after we, after um, we stop recording. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Thank okay. You. Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank you so very much, Louise. That was a great, great time talking with you. And I wish you the best luck in your marathon and everything else that you do. And now, just a short Tales of the Trail. I just have one thing, and it's a race, uh, not really a race report, but a run report, an, an adventure report by a past guest. So here is Tales of the Trail. Welcome to this week's Tales of the Trail, and we have a run report by a past guest, Pete Peterson. He went back and did the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, and he just wants to, he wanted to try it again in the fall. So here he is, he wrote this to me. I had previously run the Grand Canyon R3 several months ago. It was such an incredible experience that I thought I would return in the fall to run it again. My run started just before 2 a.m. from the South Rim. Now, the last time he did it, it was from the North Rim. Temps were in the 30s, but warmed up as I descended into the canyon. 
running with a headlamp in the pitch black of night for four plus hours was quote unquote fun. (laughs) This run was nearly 48 miles with about 24,000 of total vertical gain loss. Several water refills were shut off for the season, so it meant carrying extra water for me. I carried a max of 110 ounces of fluids. Woo, that's a lot of weight. I welcomed the sun as the canyon came alive, and the colors were so amazing to witness as I made my way up to the north rim. I stopped and ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before the last five miles up to the top. After 24 miles and reaching the North Rim, it was time to run back to the South Rim. It felt good for the first 24 and enjoyed my run back down into the canyon. Temps were now into the upper 80s and was slowing me down. I stopped at Phantom Ranch for a couple glasses of lemonade and potato chips and then off for the last 10 miles for a very difficult climb. I slowed way down but never stopped due to fatigue. I met a lot of others out on the trail and had some great conversations. I stayed positive and just kept grinding the miles out. I was happy on the outside when talking to people, but felt dead on the inside. (laughs) LOL. I was so happy to see the trailhead and to call it a day after nearly 13 and a half hours of running the Grand Canyon. That is fast. That is super fast. 13 and a half hours. Well done, Pete. And he also adds this. My solo unsupported Grand Canyon R3 supplies I carried were Tailwind, Honey Stinger Gels, two peanut butter jelly sandwiches, light jacket, ultimate direction mountain vest, jelly belly sports beans, headlamp, Garmin inReach mini GPS, ultra temp two shoes. And the Garmin inReach is really important to carry, I think, when you do those those really long, desolate runs where no one's around. I really need to get one of those <laughs> when I start doing the real long runs again. But that is a excellent report i'm going to have the link to his video because of course he did a video he's really good at that and uh, i'll have that link in the website this week okay and thanks pete i really appreciate your report and that is tales of the trail All right, that is this week's episode, and thank you, everyone, for making it a great, great episode. All the information will be on the website at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to give and become a Patreon patron, I would truly appreciate it. You can do that at the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to give your race report and have it featured in Tales of the Trail, that would be awesome. You can email me at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.